intro this one to be honest because i can't remember what episode it is so we're just going to go from here be a, <laughs> straight in oh come on i was expecting someone to pick that one up anyway innuendo mm. city is going to be probably today knowing the two guests that we have so <laughs> i do feel a little bit i'm going to preface this with it feels a little bit like a love triangle oh i love you both equally uh, well Please. i do have a slight bone to pick but i thought if i posted this in your facebook group i might look a bit salty but I think on the last episode, there was something said along the lines of, it's not don't worry, same. Andy, you're my favourite. It's not the same. It's oh. different. This, this is why I'm here, isn't it? <laughs> it's very different. But that's why I love having, I have many different men in my life and they all provide me with different things. Giggity. Giggity. See, yeah. there we go. So um, early, so early on. And I get, um, I get different things for both of you, which equally satisfy me. No, I, I joke, I joke. I wasn't going to say it, but I thought I would. Um, I, I'm actually very, very, very happy to have Andy on. Uh, cracking beard, as I said pre-recording. But Thank, thank you very much. Um, I thought I'd verbally bring that out because obviously it is an audio-based podcast. People aren't going to see it. so <laughs> I appreciate that. It's, worth and it's, it's an absolute pleasure to be on, mate. And um, yeah, really looking forward to it. Yes. Um, obviously, Amy's back. Oh, sorry, St- guys. Stand in. I only got her about because Johnny just can't be relied upon. <laughs> so, I joke. I'm just trying to get my own back. No, it's all right. You're welcome. No, happy to be here as good. always. Good, good. Um, shall I just get straight in? I think this is going to be a long one, as a, or, or a very good one anyway, because it's a, certainly a topic that I've been, as we said pre-recording, that I've been keen to talk about for a while. We haven't. So um, I would like to talk to you, Andy, as a, well, not so new now parent, I'm a veteran now. A veteran. And I guess this is is why. Um, Because I guess, and I'll preface this for listeners just so we understand like the context, not not that it's completely rocket science, but um, I remember a very, very, very kind of poignant moment in my past where someone told me about their excuses for not living what you might see as a healthful lifestyle. Um, And it was mainly focused around the kind of premise that a lot of us might get told prior to um, having kids, but the you wait till you have kids type thing. Now, Andy, I know you've always said that that is something that you've experienced before. Amy, people said that to you before? No children, so no, uh, but I'm you, not. People might say to you, yeah. you wait till um, you have kids. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, oh, it's really hard with kids. It's really hard with kids. You don't understand. I'm like, well, firstly, don't be patronising. Um, I was a flight attendant for 12 years, so I'm very familiar with a sleepless night. Um, and, and, and looking after a lot of children, no doubt. And looking after a lot of children. <laughs> That's just pilots, mate. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely people um, use it as an excuse. In it, yeah, that seems that sounds quite crass, and I've said it, like using their children as an excuse. Um, but yeah, definitely. I, th- I think it, I think it kind of comes with the territory being a being a personal trainer though. I, I do think like um, having having worked with a lot of parents. I mean, it's just you do kind of feel for them when they kind of drag themselves to the gym. And I, I'd say I mean we're going to kind of get into this in the podcast, but it's almost a given that that training and at least initially is going to suffer. And, and the food's going to become a little bit harder. Um, but yeah, as we were kind of discussing before we started recording, 
there there is a way so if you're struggling at the moment hang in there people hmm. i gotcha i think uh a lot of this falls on the kind of the the empathy spectrum or scale of how much empathy you have with someone in that yeah that i mean amy you said about obviously excuses um some could see them as an as a val- very valid excuse and have a lot of empathy for someone's position others might not so i guess it depends on where an individual might fit as in the person judging for want of a better word kind of the put the other person where, where you kind of see them on that empathy scale um I, if i go back to my own personal experience obviously prior to having kids i was adamant and sure like no i don't think that's going to change i'll find it i kind of expect something to change my routine might have to change a little bit blah 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 but actually i feel like i'll make it work and i don't know if that's just something where i kind of stubbornly have or whether it's genuinely being quite easy so I don't want to talk about my experience too much because obviously that's why I'm glad you're here. So, Andy, what was your kind of experience prior to... So, actually, maybe perhaps we find out a little bit about your routine, about what you kind of... How, how your lifestyle was prior. Your kind of experiences of the kind of the, the, the preemptive stage. So, obviously, when you when people start finding out that you, you know, I've got a child on the way, what sort of comments, kind of expectations of people, your own expectations, and then we'll move on to kind of what you did about it. Okay, so um, yeah, I'd like to preface this with I'm definitely not an expert in this. I'd like I'd equate this with like me being a parent is basically I've been doing it for a year. I'm like the person who's been going to the gym for a year and thinks they know something and they've got a little bit cocky <laughs> and a little bit too big for their boots. Uh, but that kind of little bit of uh, a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. I'm very aware of that. So. I'll be interested in, yeah, when I've got a uh, a five-year-old in four years' time, if I come back and kind of cringe at this. So, uh, yeah, just putting that out there up front. Um, so I would say that in terms of you might be out here, Maxwell, in the back background there as the nursery's next door, and I can uh, I can hear him crying, but hey. That's just, just just proof that I do have a child. That, I'm not that, just uh, there. Yeah. That's the first rule of parenting, just ignore them, pretend they're not yeah, there. Yeah, just it's, it's fine. Say you got that? Yeah, good. Um yeah i i would say i've been on i've been on a little bit of a path with my own training where because of i suppose partly partly getting older and partly just because priorities do change as you get older i'm i'm not as into training as i used to be i think it's fair to say like i would say that i don't so to give you an example say like mid mid to late 20s i'm 39 now mid to late 20s i was probably training probably lifting five like at least five days a week and running on top of that with with clients mostly at the time so when i look back at it now i mean when i look back at it now it's absolutely mental i was probably doing i was probably doing like nine or ten sessions a week like a mixture of um of um yeah resistance training and mostly running but some biking in there as well and and over the years i've i've decided to get a little bit i suppose more um a little bit more cho- uh, choosy or more intelligent with my training so suddenly realizing that i didn't have to go in there um you know five six days a week absolutely hammering every session there was a there was another way um so i was probably probably like early 30s i was probably kind of religiously training four days a week uh, kind of fairly standard like two up or two lower and again a little bit of cardio thrown in there and then sporadically I've done when I, I, I really enjoy running. So there's been periods of time when I've, I've done a couple, I've done a couple of marathons and really got into that. And during those periods of time, what tends to happen is I'd 
the the kind of cardio would replace the resistance so i'd end up maybe running four or five days a week and then resistance training may drop back to like three days a week something like that so that's kind of been me um pretty much up until i'd say the last few years and i just i suppose training has become has it's, it's just become less important so with the, the run as soon as people found out that um that that me and sarah were, were expecting i think clients were really interested to see like how i would how i would react to that i was fairly confident because i was like look if i was training five six days a week yeah that that would be a struggle but it's going to be fairly straightforward to manage you know like a few sessions a week and it's it was a bit of an eye opener i would say uh definitely a bit of an eye opener when when max arrived because that was in the that was last january and some of the notes that you did make for this uh, as i do for all all podcasts that i that i appear on or host <laughs> oh, <shit>. uh, <laughs> um the first, just to give like a rundown of the last 12 months really because like when um brett when you set, sent like a couple of questions over beforehand i did kind of take a minute to reflect on it and be like oh, actually let's have a little look back and see kind of what what i did and maybe how i was feeling at the time because i would say in the first few months like kind of one to four months which would have been um just before the gyms opened um so like january to kind of april time which was really handy for me because I was around all the time kind of working remotely on Zoom with clients. So I got to spend a lot of time with with Max or Max or my little boy and with Sarah. Um, and I didn't really care that I wasn't going to the gym. I was, I was doing a little bit at home. Um, I was doing the occasional run. But I mean, it just I was kind of ticking along probably less than I would normally do. But it didn't really I want to say, yeah, the, I just didn't give it really give it a second thought because I was just thinking, oh, when the gyms open up again, Max will be a little bit older and I'll kind of, I'll get back into it. Um, and as soon as the gyms did open up, and I remember talking to Amy about this, it, this on the podcast, I was buzzing to get back in. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is great, back in the gym. And it's almost like I had like a couple of months kind of honeymoon period with that. And then I would say from six months to 11 months, so kind of up until... December this year, I found it an absolute slog to to actually be motivated. So I was doing it. I was still ticking along, getting in like a couple of sessions a week, maybe a few sessions a week, a couple of runs. There was no structure, and there was there's very little. I was doing it because I I know it's a good thing to do, rather than I'm really looking forward to getting in the gym or going out for a run mm. and grafting. And it's only been probably the last month or so where and this is kind of like a from a practical point of view max going to nursery now at the start of december that suddenly now frees up i would say it it probably works out nine hours a week in like my kind of schedule that i didn't have before and that's huge that's like absolutely massive to have nine hours because i can dedicate well at the moment again I'm, I'm training for a marathon at the back end of this year but i can dedicate a good let's say like five hours six hours a week between resistance training and cardio and it feels um i mean my body's aching a bit but to fit it in the diary feels like it feels doable and i actually enjoy it because i'm not doing it instead of spending time with him and Seb. so that's kind of 
yeah, that's just like a little rundown of the last the last twelve months. Anyway, do do you think that had we not been a global pandemic, things would all been open, and say you know you had the initial time at home as I mean I, I don't know obviously what your kind of um, I guess parental packages would be, assuming kind of the self-employed thing is I spend the time at home, I'm not getting paid, so therefore you're probably going to go back yeah. to work certainly. So if, if you'd have been kind of back to work a bit earlier, gym didn't open, perhaps you could then even have the ability to train. Um, would you have been more excited to go back early, do you think? Or do you think it's that would have hard to tell? Or Really hard to tell because something that, well, first of all, two weeks off for dads is absolute insanity, hmm. by the way. Yeah, That's it is, it is. like, I can't get my head around that. Having had been in the fortunate position where I got three months, if I, I can't imagine walking out the door and saying, like, see, like it says, back in 10 hours. Hmm. I just, after like a couple of weeks, just, yeah, because the first month, I would say, your head's in a, in, in a bit of a spin. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I probably would have got the the buzz back for for training a little bit a little bit sooner because kind of out of sight out of mind mm. like I, it's different if i'd have been going into the gym with clients surrounded by people training you kind of feed off them a little bit when i wake up in the morning i go downstairs and see two kettlebells a set of dumbbells and a couple of bands i'm like mm, that's not really <laughs> that's not really getting the juices flowing yeah that's why i wonder whether the temptation of the gym being there would help or hinder almost yeah it's i mean thing i suppose you can't like you can't change it right and one thing that a consistent um i don't know if you found i'll be interested to know your thoughts on on this brett but something i heard from my male friends like dads was that well you know for the first six months you don't get a lot back you know mum's mum's feeding the baby you know, you you know, your main job is to kind of you know support the mum or support Sarah, and and I completely I get that part of it, obviously, but I disagree with the you don't get a lot back, and I don't know if that's because who knows why that is. That might be because I spent three months and it was almost like apart from the feeding, it was pretty much fifty fifty, mm. or maybe he's he was particularly you know he's quite smiley he was smiling quite early on so you kind of get that that kind of feedback and that you know that feels good but yeah i don't know man like i look i think to myself get back to the gym earlier and get back into training or spend extra time with him yeah i, I definitely wouldn't change it let's put it that no. way i th- i mean i can i'll give you my my own uh, experience on that i i absolutely agree on that premise of i think a lot of dads don't get a lot back. I'm quite lucky. So I spent best part, I think 16 weeks with my first at home. My second, I spent seven months at home and then Brilliant. was back into an office for a month and then a pandemic happened. And then again, I spent the next, you know, well, ever since back in a home. So um, you could say that I probably, I've been very, very lucky to have so much time at home with my wife and kids, like just more than probably anyone could ever have imagined um however i still absolutely understand and get that viewpoint of that the dad doesn't get a lot back because i think and i don't know if it's maybe yours the the time frame a bit because i think there's an as in kind of the age of yours yet and you might as they get a bit older kind of have a different experience who knows but um i think i just think there's there's some sort of maternal genetic thing where kids 
just gravitate to their mum. I think that's obviously something to do with being carried through the womb and you know, kind of through that nine months period. There's just some sort of connection which I don't quite think you get as a dad. Um, and that's not to obviously kind of, uh, I guess, undermine your experience because I think there's loads of things that I think I did where I felt like I did loads at home and pretty much everything was 50 50 other than feeding here, I think, as well. There's loads of times where I did feel a little bit like it's very tough being a dad, and that, like, and I, it's, I guess it's even just silly things like baby gets hurt once mum baby's upset once mum yeah you know it's kind of like that priority thing and i and i can sometimes see that in other people when it's like now when my kids are a bit older i guess like if i'm if i'm in the on about in terms of my immediate family like i'm priority like if my mum's about they don't want mum they want me and it's kind of like you yeah. can see the ranking priority order <laughs> i think it's and it's a weird thing how that happens i just think that it's kind of just i'll never get away from that kind of mother bond as much as I feel like I've had a really active involvement in my children's lives, um, yeah, it's just a tough one. I, th- I think it's just this this bond that you just can't seem to get as a dad. It's just, a, and that actually, it probably makes it sound a lot harder than it than it is. But as in, it's not. I don't think it's any like I don't know. I'm waffling a little bit, but I, I think the the real problem is it kind of can leave a, a man feeling a little bit short. I like why am I here or oh, I'm a bit of third wheel like in moments not all the time by any stretch yeah. but and I'm I sure mean, you I, must have experienced kind of moments like that I'm sure yeah definitely moments but I, c- I just can't see how even if you're like you know say if you're the most engaged dad going every spare moment you have you're with you're with your child if you don't get back from the office till seven o'clock at night it like just the sheer weight of hours that you're not there you can't kind of win no i know know. not not that it's a competition but you just like when you see like when i see max with someone like he spent like um kind of three days out of the last um seven with my parents uh, you know various different kind of situations over there as an out and about today and suddenly now when he sees them having seen them like a little bit more he gravitates towards them and he's like smiling at my dad and stuff like that and you're like oh god he kind of he's getting that now i'm remembering but just to I'll let Amy jump in now because I think she had her hand up. Um, just to uh, hello. Um, the, this is why at the start I think it's important to remember and why I said that you know my child's only a year old, so I only know what I know up until a year. Because actually, after six months, I thought to myself, "Come on, mates, we're talking rubbish." What do they mean they didn't get anything back from the first six months? Whereas actually after 12 months, I'm like, uh, maybe that's not what they meant. Maybe it was more because from six to 12, you obviously get more back. Like so that there is that i'm sure like talking to my sister um not so long ago her little boy it, you know similar similar age to your eldest and he's at school now and it's just she's like oh my god each new age is like the best new age because you get even more back and you can kind of have a chat with them and so yeah i'm like i said i'll be interested to see in like a couple of years time kind of where my where my thoughts are on it i just as you two were chatting there i was kind of like obviously sitting back as not a parent um but i do chat to a lot of other women um who are mums particularly around like their habits and their behaviors and about getting back to exercise and i hear this phrase banded around quite a lot which is like mum guilt um that they really do see like bringing this back to kind of like training and nutrition and stuff that they really do see almost that taking the time to look after themselves as something that they really do feel guilty about. Um, Do you think that's the same with dads? I mean, obviously, like Brett, you were just saying like 
there is a leaning for the first few years of the life for the child to maybe lean more or lend themselves more or be slightly more attached to the mother particularly like you say two weeks parental leave for dads is I'm sorry bullshit I remember when you came back Andy and you were just not in the headspace to be there at all every single every single day after your last client I was like oh he didn't even say goodbye like you were literally out (laughs) you couldn't wait to get home and I completely understand but like because for those first few years like the child does kind of gravitate towards the mother a little bit more do you think dads experience guilt around maybe trying to have a bit more of an I say normal when wanky air quotes like normal life than the mums I I think it's a mixed bag so I'll, I'll tell you my personal experience so like one of the questions that that Brett sent over beforehand was um kind of fears and expectations and how does the reality reflect against what I thought so some things I think I was I was prepared and others completely unprepared and the one that I was one of them I was completely unprepared for is like you mentioned is the pull to be at home so when I went back to the gym you know so so basically uh, like pre-max it would be I would I would get to the gym at like six o'clock in the morning and I'd be there till early afternoon so that could be anywhere from like one till three and I would stay there and train you know like if I was training three days a week I'd stay there three days a week and train no Sarah was at work till half six so there's kind of nothing to rush home for can take my time with it get some food and I kind of thought in my head foolishly um that yeah, that'll be fine. I'll just finish at the gym and I'll train then and then I'll go home. Whereas, and this didn't happen often, but like if you get like a message from Sarah saying, or if I know that he's been up all night and Sarah's absolutely struggling, then I'm like, nah, the training can wait now and I'll, and I'll go back. And you do, I definitely felt, I felt an element of guilt, for, like for sure. And I think for mums, it's probably worse. Um, but I definitely, I definitely felt that. Like any time I'd be, choosing to not spend time at home i felt guilty about it even though sarah was like what are you talking about you're being an idiot but you can't you can't help how you feel right Mm. is that ever your experience brett i yeah i mean i definitely feel going back to the kind of point i was making a while ago about kind of that mother child bond that i don't feel dads quite get i think that is i mean I, i i kind of describe that almost as and i've said it often in kind of a I've described it in a way as a bit like mother mother privilege or mummy privilege, as in there's a bit of a privilege mums get in that they can settle their kids easier than dads. You know, like I said, the the ch- children tend to want their mums in times of kind of need or upset and all that type of stuff. I think there's an element of privilege that comes of all of that, which I think a lot. Of, well, certainly, I'd said to my wife a lot of time, Jenna, that she doesn't so, seem to realise there's just things that she gets to be easier. But obviously, that absolutely flips on the head in a lot of other different contexts where it then becomes a bigger problem. And I think that aligns in the bits you've just talked about, where I think as a bloke that doesn't quite have like I love my kids to death, and I've said this, I will die tomorrow, and I mean that. Like I think Andy, I'm sure you'll understand what this means. Like, yep. if it meant like if it meant that my kids had to you know if, if something happened tomorrow where they needed something from me and that meant i died but they could carry on heartbeat literally in a heartbeat I just wouldn't even think about it and i generally mean that and i think most parents will understand that kind of that unconditional love i remember i was chatting to gordon greenhorn um when he had his child a while ago and i said you'll understand i, I didn't mean this to sound kind of um i guess what's the word i'm looking for um i can't think of a word but, anyway, but i didn't mean it to sound funny in that you kind of 
people don't know what love is until they have a child and I, that, that sounds really off but there is just something that happens when you have a child like just switches and um anyway without waffle on again i guess there is this i don't think hear my children now actually that's yeah. that, was, that was my youngest now come back screaming um that was just anger i could tell that's how angry scream. um but anyway so she um yeah <laughs> i hope she put have you brought some cake now she's uh where was i going so yeah that does flip on its head that i guess because blokes don't have that bond or, or, oh sorry i'll take that back because i think sometimes that guys don't quite have the same bond as that a mother gets through that you know, gestation period and carrying the baby and all that stuff um that can also lead blokes to be less slightly attached in that they can have more time they can they don't feel quite as bad by taking time for themselves like they don't feel as bad spending time away like my my wife i don't think has spent more than bear in mind my oldest like i said is is four and a half now i don't think she's spent more than a couple of nights away from them like in I'd four say, and a half years that's mad i'd say that's fairly common though yeah and, like and I'd say across the board because I remember talking to my mate about this, um, and that blew my mind when when he when he said that. I think their their eldest at the time was six, maybe, and this was the first time that um, like his wife had spent two consecutive nights away. Hmm. And, and don't get me wrong, that's not it's not it's by choice. Like Jenna yeah, doesn't yeah. want to. There's, I mean, I'm sure there's also an element of guilt there, but there's as in that kind of mother guilt that Amy you referred to. But they also know she doesn't want to. She doesn't like to be away from her kids because she she misses them. She wants to see them. So um, yeah, they, I, I definitely think that works both ways. I know, kind I of think, gone slightly off topic, yeah, but I, I was just going to say like the the, mum, the kind of the mum privilege thing that you mentioned there, and you are right, is a blessing and a curse because I would say there's no clearer example of that than when it comes to uh, sleeping at night or putting him down because Sarah does that. And unless unless she's out, you know, like, um, like occasionally, like say she goes to the football and it's like a late kickoff, she she might get back a bit later and then I'll do it then. But ninety eight percent of the time, Sarah puts him down because he wants her then, and she's better at it <laughs> than me. Mm. Um, but that means you're tied in mm. every night at mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. So that's so like going on to uh, maybe like kind of the the kind of tip section to parents so like when sarah's doing that i will always cook like i do the bath sarah puts him down i go downstairs i cook hopefully in a in a perfect world he settles quickly sarah comes down just as i'm like dishing up and it's all good obviously it doesn't always happen like that but that um i would love to be able to take a bit of the burden off there but what happens is if i try and do it and I'm unsuccessful, then Sarah has to end up going back in anyway to feed him or whatever. And then you're just like, oh God, you know what? You should have just done it. <laughs> I should have just let you do it um, from the get-go. And the other thing, just before I forget, the, the you know, you do anything for your kids, you're willing to die for them. I think the crazy thing with that is, with, so, so I think like the same about Sarah, basically. Like if someone said she could live, it meant I died, I'd take that. But that makes more sense because you've been together for X amount of years and you've kind of grown together. The craziest thing for me is when this little like Max arrives and you've got for me because I've I haven't like had him grown inside me so I can't feel that he arrives and you're like I'll do anything for you now. You're the most important thing in the world. That to me is like again wasn't ready for that. Quite emotional. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? Having mm-hmm. a child quite emotional. But that was it's just 
there's there is nothing else like that. There is nothing else like that. No, absolutely not. Oh, I know, gonna cry. <laughs> There's, there's, Sorry, def- there's, def- there's definitely moments where I'm like, I could kill little fuckers right now. <laughs> Honestly, just for balance. Just also d- that. I'll, I'll give you. That. I'll give you one tip. If you don't mind. Don't have two. <laughs> <laughs> because they're great alone together. They're little shits. Yeah. So. Here's, here's another thing that you get a lot as a um, as a first time parent. Oh, when are you gonna when are you gonna have number two? You gonna have another one? That that was within a. About three weeks, I think, I yeah. started getting asked that. Yeah. So wow. let's get practical then, boys. Let's take it back to training and new and maybe nutrition. So how are, what are some tips? What are some practical things then maybe that you can do as a new parent or somebody that is struggling um, that you find useful to try and make training or a healthy lifestyle a priority because obviously sleep's out the window like you can you can have the best of intentions with the sleep thing but that's not down to you at the end of the day this the sleep massively skews it in terms of this is why i'm slightly low to give there's nothing wrong giving tips and stuff but obviously you have to take into account the child that you've got so if you have a child that does not sleep at all it's going to be harder to implement um, so like when when I was trying when I was thinking about right what would I tell like most parents most of the time and actually to um, again I think this was before we started recording but um, Brett was talking about how um, you know the advice for parents isn't necessarily going to be completely different to non-parents and when I look at like the little list I made of things that I'd recommend I'm like well this is just stuff that I tell anyone let alone parents but I'll give you I'll give you one to get started and it's in terms of training or exercise or just general activity, if we're talking about health now, especially pick something you enjoy because you don't get bonus points for suffering. And that seems quite obvious, but especially because it's January and I've got like, pick your poison, thousand press up challenge, like the squat challenge, the January hit challenge. There's all this stuff going on and people are like, again, feels quite good for a couple of days. Yeah, I'm working hard and stuff, but no one's keeping that up. No one is keeping that up. That's why it's just January. <laughs> then you get to Feb and it's like, what do I do now? <laughs> I've done the press up challenge. My rotator cuffs are in bits. Now what do I do? Now it's the physio challenge. Book yourself in and get yourself fixed. And that costs more money. <laughs> yeah, that costs more money. Yeah, pick something you enjoy. I don't know, and that that might sound simplistic, but yeah, just pick something that you can get into. And um, yeah, that's 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 number one. Mm. Yeah, I'd absolutely concur with that. I think along the same lines, one of the first things that springs to my mind is just around finding something that isn't perfection i think striving perfection and you know these things like what you've just said there andy is not going to be strictly exclusive to anyone that's just our children neither is this it's finding something that you're going to kind of be able to do or do some of is going to be better than trying to find something that we feel like has to be some sort of perfect plan or perfect routine or perfect structure or perfect anything because we know that perfection doesn't exist and anyone that anyone that i've ever worked with and I've had quite a few perfectionist type personalities that I've kind of worked with where trying to convince them that they don't need to strive for perfect and that they just need to have a good, solid, consistent plan, whatever that looks like, is like one of the hardest things. And I think that can often be a big problem for a lot of people, just trying to find, you know, oh, you know, 
I can't go to the gym five days a week. What's the point? I won't go there. It's kind of like, well, you could that go is, three times, you know, that would be great. That, that is so true, though. I often think, I often use this line on our podcast, but I think about people who will listen to, who will be listening to this now, and they're probably in a pretty good place. Like if they're taking time to listen to like a health or nutrition and fitness podcast, they've already made like a kind of positive step in the right direction. And you, f- I feel like you're going to get a disproportionate amount of perfectionists in, you know, to the people we're probably speaking to now. So I think that can't be, that can't be understated that like, like you said, that is a classic example. Well, I missed the workout. Well, that's the week trash then can't, can't get my train every day. And yeah, you know, for most people, if you're t- kind of training, I don't know. Like if you're training like three, four days a week, you, you're fine. <laughs> you, like you're going to be fine. Yeah, and it's, that goes the same for nutrition. Exactly the same. Like you don't have to be perfect with your nutrition. It's kind of like, oh, you know, I wasn't in a deficit this day. Okay, what about the other few days? You, yeah, I was. Yeah, but not today. So I've ruined it. Well, you haven't. You've just lost slightly less weight than you might have done. It's, yeah, it's that, that it's analogy that... of just because you've got one flat tire doesn't mean you have to slash the other three. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just very, very common. I think for, as new parents, understanding that something that is better than nothing is quite powerful and can be quite um motivating to in its own extent i mm. think yeah and i think i think actually that like, the fact that the first few months um or the, the first month let's say especially i probably wouldn't worry about things too much as in if you do let the diet slide or let the activity slide um it's not the end of the world even if it's even if it's like four five six weeks and actually there is an element of of reset there. So if you do have that kind of enforced period of time off, well, one, you get to spend more time with your child. That's a good thing. And when you do go back to training, you're kind of getting back from, you, you haven't taken like three years off, so you're going to be, you know, in a bad way, but you've just taken enough time off to be like, okay, first week back, let's aim for a couple of times a week. And then you kind of build from there. Because like from a, like a mindset point of view, I suppose, it's a lot easier to build on it and it is to go back in like full steam ahead. Then, you know, like you said, anything other than perfection or five, six days a week is, is deemed as failure when obviously it's just not the case. What What was quite ironic when I had my first child is I think she was born on a Friday, possibly, I think. can't remember now. Seems crazy. I don't know. Um, you know the date at least, though, don't you, mate? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like hold it that, that Amy has literally written straight on the spot. So, oh, I, I sense a weakness. I, I do know. I do know. It's um, it's the 14th of July. <laughs> no, it is. Um, the other one's the 9th of July, so at least they're quite close. So, Oh, they're very close. Yeah, they're very close. Um, not as close as my sister. Shout out to my sister. She uh, has two children, both born on the 5th of September. Perfect. Ooh. Is that it's like... And like they're not twins by the way in case you, anyone's wondering yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it, i've got one more level of um su- surprise uh, or perhaps even just kind of something very impressive but one year apart oh that, wow yeah. that is well you your sister and her husband obviously had a schedule <laughs> yeah, fair play fair play for that fair yeah. play. <laughs> but anyway so where are we going with that i've forgotten where i was actually i've lost my train of thought um my experience oh okay she was born on a friday my experience um I actually think I was back in the gym on like the Sunday or the Monday, something like literally like a few days later. Because I remember thinking, God, this is good, back in the gym. And I remember thinking, <laughs> I feel quite euphoric. And I realised the reason I feel so euphoric is because 
I have had no sleep for about three days. And like, why am I here? I feel like I'm on drugs because I'm just so sleep deprived. And uh, I remember trying to do a leg session with two friends of mine thinking, this isn't working. I didn't realize lack of sleep could affect performance quite this badly. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's it, pretty rough. It really does, everyone out there. I mean, sleep does get brought up quite often, but it's very important, can yeah. confirm. Now but, from experience as well. Yeah, it was it was pretty rough. But I, I'll be honest, I, I'm also quite a robotic type person in my habits. So I've always find it, found it relatively easy to kind of just stick to stuff. So I think from going back and just trying to stick to my kind of usual routine before, I did find relatively easy. Now, whether that is because, you know, I didn't quite have that pull to stay around at home as much, as bad as that sounds um i don't know as in i found it a bit easier perhaps to take some time out and still go to the gym and still do stuff than perhaps like a mother would i, I don't know but um yeah i mean I, I i guess like that feels like a bit of a shit tip in that keeping your routine but that's kind of what i felt helped me the most that i just managed to kind of stick to most of my routine i also did spend quite a lot of money buying a home gym which clearly makes a lot of sense given <laughs> that i mean i didn't have to travel to a gym um which I guess everyone's not going to be able to necessarily have the ability or privilege to be able to do. But if you can do that, that probably works. I think like with, especially during lockdown and stuff like home gyms, um, like for me, like I could do it, but I just know, again, especially during lockdown, for me, like leaving the house is a big part of, of training. I almost want, I didn't realize how, how separate I wanted to keep it until like now it's a case of like if I go running obviously I go out the front door and I run if I go to the gym it's like only five minutes up the road but there is something about like for me personally there's something about kind of going somewhere to train and then coming home and home being separate and distinct from that and obviously over the last kind of year and a half or so the 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 lines have been blurred a little bit but yeah for me yeah that's just like a again like personally what you what you enjoy but for me definitely getting to the gym is important I would say that's really good mentally as well for for dads and mums, if possible. I mean, obviously, mums going through the whole birthing process, some which might be some have very traumatic births and obviously there's long recovery periods. So obviously when it is safe to go back to exercise, I think mentally being able to leave your child for a set period of time to have an hour or an hour and a bit for yourself to do something positive for your body move it reconnect with it um and just like talk to other people and that can be dads as well like and also to like talk about things that maybe aren't children and stuff I think that time is actually really important um so not to underestimate the importance of that as well sometimes it's not just about the the actual physical expression of the movement it's about everything else as well um and that that can be that's quite good yeah absolutely i think like i asked i asked sarah actually literally like half hour before we started recording um and i said i quickly like reeled off the questions and i was like oh, if you if you've got any like a perspective from being a mum like what would you say in terms of like tips because sarah is definitely a lot more practical than me so i'll be talking about you know um I don't know, like ask yourself why you want to get back into training. They're talking about it from this kind of holistic or like philosophical standpoint. And Sarah's like, right, get out for your when he naps once a day, get out for a walk for an hour, stuff like that. It's a lot more like do this. And one of them, she said, in terms of the training was 
it wasn't so much like what she's done since Max arrived. It was the fact that she basically trained all the way through pretty much right up until until pregnancy. And it was very, again, like no frills, nothing special, just full body a couple of times a week. Um, we were obviously training at home because everywhere was closed down. But it was, you know, we had a couple of 20 kilo kettlebells, uh, 10, 7.5s, 5s, bands, mats body weight where we you know where we could rig stuff up and it was just it just happened twice a week every week sarah doing some kind of like uh like yoga and mobility stuff in between or, or you know when um you know when she felt kind of up to it but i mean she was i remember someone like a couple of people commenting on i put a video on like my personal facebook page i remember one of my mates being like, oh should she be doing that i'm like mate she's fine <laughs> it's all right she's in safe hands it's all good i'm not forcing her come on says keep training you're training all the way through she looked incredible as well incredible and and actually like you don't you've got no you don't know what the birth's going to be like you don't know how you're going to feel afterwards you don't know what your what your child's going to be like so there's a lot of unknowns post but assuming that you're, you know, you're going to your doctor's appointments and you've been given the all clear and there's no kind of contraindications, like you can pretty much train all the way through. I would say it's a good thing if you, um, yeah, if you can. Hmm. Yeah, no doubt there's, uh, and I'm not an expert by any stretch in this area, so please don't take this as heaven space. Again, think of me as the Joe Rogan of this podcast. Um, <laughs> I, I would say... There's some elements of stuff that you probably might want to avoid, I'm sure, but I I don't I think there's plenty of people that can safely train, you know, in a manner of some sorts, in a safe way, all like you say, all the way through, almost up to the birth, to a certain extent. Um, yeah, we were really lucky as well. Like on our, um, I think this was on our NCT group, which again was on Zoom, so slightly bizarre. But as much as get out and walk is good advice, people, it's good advice up to a point. But actually, at some point, you'd be better off staying at home or going to a gym and doing resistance work to complement it. Because otherwise, especially if the focus is not particularly healthy, as in it's about, right, I can't I can't gain, you know, obviously you're going to gain weight, but I don't want to gain any excess fat. So people end up walking a shit ton. And that's not great um, for a lot of people at the back end of a pregnancy, but, you know, because of the, you know, kind of pain in the hips and that kind of thing. Um, and actually doing some just really basic resistance training, it's not going to burn as many calories, but again, you'll be glad you've done it post in terms of getting back in and bringing their movements back. Mm, for sure. I think one of the other tips perhaps that I would like to, to say to, to kind of new parents or parents that might want to be parents um, is that kind of idea of focusing on one thing or the other? Like, yeah. I guess a lot of people worry about whether, oh, you know, I've got to do this, I've got to train, I've got to get my resistance session here, I've got to do my cardio or do bits. Um, and this is kind of like post-parenting. Um, I was kind of thinking, but I guess it can apply pre as well. But perhaps they also then worry about, oh, yeah, but, you know, I don't want to gain too much weight or want to lose that baby weight like you know, if you are the mother, like fast. And perhaps then worry so much about what they're eating all the time. I think actually perhaps it might be useful just to kind of lower your priorities a little bit or reduce your priorities a little bit and focus on kind of one or two things like focus just on oh i'll just get some training sessions done i won't worry too much about kind of other than some basic kind of good principles and non-negotiables of nutrition that i might call them um i won't worry about whether i'm having a bit of cake here and there or i won't worry about this type of stuff because inevitably that type of thing happens during kind of maternity paternity you know i know i ate my share fair share of cake in my paternity months um 
I was just more worried about like training in that period rather than kind of worrying so much about, you know, certainly wouldn't be dieting, certainly would be focusing on stuff that's going to take too much out of the, the tank um, where energy resources, you know, whatever words you want to use is quite finite in those periods because the things we've already said about lack of sleep, lack of structure mm. um, and just the commitment that you have to have to family. And also, like, I know I'm not a parent, um, but remembering that that doesn't... Um... Sorry, the boy's just taking the piss at me because I put my hand up again. <laughs> um, I like uh, it, it's very polite. It's like being back at school. You need that, um, if anyone's got Microsoft Teams, you need that little hand function where you can click where it's got a little hand sticking up. Um, also remembering that you could put, have the best plan and structure and template, let's say, in place. There he is, Brett had to raise <laughs> the hand. You could have the best template in place for what might work for the first six months of your baby's um, like life. But then they might suddenly struggle sleeping or you might have a regression or, you know, work might change or um, like thing. You have to be prepared to adapt. Some people, especially with training, when there aren't kids, they can be very rigid in their structure with regards to training and nutrition. But when things like go awry, maybe they have to work late or um yeah they don't have the right ingredients in the fridge for example these can really throw things out for people you don't have that luxury when you have kids and things can change very very quickly you can have the best intention in the world to go and do your resistance session on a tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning and then all of a sudden you have an explosive napping emergency or um the the child isn't the child isn't asleep or the child mind is running late or you know you've been up all night and you physically don't think it's a good idea so you have to allow for a little bit of bit more fluidity with these yeah. things as well and like Brett was saying earlier just because like just because one session's out the window doesn't mean that the other four have to be or the other three have to be but just appreciate you might have a, the absolutely most perfect week training and nutrition wise or the perfect first six months training and nutrition wise and then for whatever reason something changes and just be able to not catastrophize that and adapt and respond and just try and go with it which is really hard if you've if you place if you're someone that's placed so much value on training and your nutrition that you are in a very very quite rigid structure that can be quite challenging yeah i think this this is another one that falls into the it's sound advice for parents but it's just kind of sound advice for anyone and it's why i'm a fan of for most people like principles over plans so if your principles are set like if you're someone who kind of wants to step on stage and do like a bodybuilding competition you've got to have sound principles but you've also you kind of need a plan like you need a plan to get there there's like a defined end point if you're running a marathon you probably want some kind of plan for the back end or the last 16 weeks but the principles of like trying to eat a few more vegetables or get a bit of fruit in there or getting enough protein that kind of stays the same regardless of how old your child is it's not like right he's six months old we can start eating junk food now thank god do you know what i mean it's just these principles kind of stay the same and one one of the things i wrote down was like and this is kind of tied in is don't major in the minor so like worrying about things like what brand of bcaa's to buy and things of that nature just shouldn't even be anywhere on the radar at, the, at that moment in time anyway i mean probably never but um but yeah like again like sarah's practical tips on this was especially when your child is you know kind of six months and starting to eat solid food um try and get like fruit and veg with every meal 
even if it's just like a token gesture and like he hurls it on the floor, which happens a lot. But what you end up doing, and we've started doing this more now that he'll kind of sit happily at the table, we're eating together a bit more. And then if you're making veg for him, well, you're not just going to make veg for him while you sit there and have like burger and chips. You're If you can make meals together, and I know this, this doesn't happen all the time, but like we've kind of made a, you know, like a principle, if you like, or a, a kind of like a house rule that one day at the weekend, when we've got a bit more time, we do go out, buy the food or get the food in and we all eat together like a bit earlier before he goes to bed. And it's, it's just good habits. It's just, yeah, really, really good habits. Yeah, yeah, I would say uh, from a like um, pediatric nutrition type standpoint, uh, one of the key things I think is that family time, having meals, having stuff together. Um, I think it, a lot of kids obviously are fussy eaters, and I think one of the first things that is usually recommended is uh, have more meal times together, get kids more involved, yeah. let them play with the food textures, kind of just you know have fun with them to a certain extent because that's all part of exploring, and I think it just helps. It's not. It's. I mean, certainly from my own personal anecdotal experience, it's certainly not a panacea and some kind of magic thing that happens um, instantly because it just doesn't. Like I've got one okay eater, one really fussy eater, and uh, there isn't. There hasn't been any magic fix with the fussy one. It's just constant, just exposure, exposure, and just let them get in with stuff. And I, the, the one of the things that generally did has helped the most. It seems like is having more time as a family eating together because I think, I think what you started to describe there, Andy a lot of people do fall into that trap of kids eat early so therefore you don't eat yeah. at the same times and i guess uh, and certainly we have certainly i mean a lot of us things like um the kind of box meals you get to like gustos your hello fresh is now become quite fashionable and obviously a lot of those foods just aren't relevant or appropriate to kids so i know a lot of parents and even clients that i'm working with that have, have got into those types of stuff have them on their own they don't then eat with their kids because they can't obviously share those types of meals a lot of the time I guess it does then just cause this kind of disjointed meal patterns between their kind of their families yeah. and then their own meals. And I don't think necessarily that can always help. No, I think, I think, I just think it's a balance because on one hand, it's really nice to sit down with him. But I mean, you've got to be, you do have to be patient and you have to be in the right headspace for it. Like if you get frustrated, so like there'll be occasions where, you know, like sleep's been poor he's been a little bastard all day you sit down you've made the meal and he like hurls it at you and it's really hard to kind of keep your cool and just be like that's okay try another bit bang in your beard right okay try another bit and it's and like we all kind of me and Daryl like tag each other in and out like if one of us is like I can't I just can't do this today because it and it does get tough but it is important and actually I would say the more the successful meals that we that, that we have together are the ones where we all eat versus like me and Sarah tag teaming him trying to get him to eat stuff because he's kind of like chewing on it looking at you being like what are you doing you're just kind of staring at me um, but then all the flip side of that is like as, as I was describing earlier there is something really nice about like when Sarah does put him down he does fall asleep she comes downstairs the meal's ready and we both sit down and it's like nice now we can catch up and have a bit of time for ourselves. So I do think, I think you kind of find your own way with it. And like, like Amy was saying earlier, there are kind of peaks and troughs and your child changes and one week your child might be ill and their appetite is just non-existent and you have to roll with it. And and like you said, Brett, you have to keep offering and keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back. And the meal that worked on Monday night 
suddenly you, you dish up the same one a week later and it's just not happening <laughs> and it's just you just have to roll with it roll with those punches that'll be, that'll be a lot Sorry, Go on. No, 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 no. I was going to say one of the funniest videos ever, ever is Maxwell trying a raspberry for the first time. <laughs> still my st- still my standout memory of him in his first year of life. It's the first one I thought of. I was like, I won't do like the really touching photo montage. I'll just put a video of him trying a raspberry and just his face just contorting with kind That's of it. shock and disgust. Yeah, that's great. Brilliant. We didn't do that intentionally, by the way. I was like, oh, yeah, little raspberry, this will be probably quite like this he did not like it yeah. <laughs> he did not like it so yeah 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 some something like that Amy. We, we did it quite early on with lemons from like coke or something that someone was drinking yeah that's the that's the classic out. isn't it the yeah. old lemon, and the to old be lemon. fair both of mine quite liked it they never really yeah. had that reaction that's the funny thing you'd expect them to get off that really soured face but no i didn't really have it so um I was just going to say, I think a lot of things you said there, Andy, I guess a lot of parents will absolutely resonate with, especially the kind of the, the Monday night meal, not working on another day type thing. Just so many parents will think, oh, um, I guess like I just want to bring it back to I guess some of the practical stuff around other things. I guess one of the things that I found very useful, and again, it might lend itself to kind of my, again, very robotic structured type personality, but I found just kind of finding my own time and to fit around their schedules also helped in that. And I suppose what I mean, it's, it's simple things that you'd expect really like just getting up earlier. Like I found myself just getting up earlier to go train and stuff instead. And I know like a lot of people may not want to do that. Don't want to sacrifice sleep. Um, but I guess it kind of does come down to that idea of priorities at some point. It's kind of like what's important. And obviously I didn't want to sacrifice time with my kids didn't want to kind of eat into time where I'd have to be training in the evenings when I want to get home and see the kids after work, that type of thing. So I found myself just getting up before they even woke up and just going and training and stuff like that instead. And it did just turn... Sorry, mate. I was just going to say, like, honestly, that time... So I'm I'm exactly the same. Like, I would... If I've got things to get done, and mine's not so much training, although, like, running-wise, I did go out at the weekend. There is something about getting up and getting it done before they've even woken up. And we're fairly fortunate. Like, Max will sleep until – or he'll sleep generally until 7, and there'll be some variance there, but, like, generally it's 7 o'clock. So, like, because because of how – again, like, adjusting on the fly, because of how the week went, I'd left myself – a long run and a resistance session to get done this weekend and i was like this is less than ideal so i went out i went out at like five o'clock in the morning on saturday to get like the long one done and i wouldn't normally do that but <laughs> when the alarm went off i'm like oh man this isn't going to happen but you know you kind of get yourself out of bed little tips like leave your like taking my own advice like left all my running gear out everything was set up so it was just like yeah kind of robotic get on get out the door and go and it was fine and i was actually i can enjoy the rest of the day now i'm not looking at the watch thinking oh when, when are we going to get home oh, i'll have to will i get the running before dinner i will have to do it when Sarah's putting him down i'd much rather get it done and i think again kind of theme of the podcast things that apply to non-parents as well there is some, there's definitely something to be said for that like ticking the box and being like right if i do nothing else today that that's in the bag mm. that's that it's that idea or principle of like swallowing the frog first if anyone's heard that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's i mean it's exactly that and it doesn't just apply as you say to new parents at all um i think if you can get anything whatever it is done kind of early doors it just makes the rest of the day so much easier yeah 100 percent I thought you were trying to speak there. I thought she's on mute. She's on I mute. was on mute. No, it's um simple. I do I do it with work. 
write yourself a list, do the stuff you don't want to do first, and then everything else feels like a bit of a joy. And you feel like you're that sense of achievement, even if you get the uh, don't get the last few bits on the list done. Yeah. Um, you still you feel like you've achieved something. I, I've... I mean, you go. Cheers, man. Um, Sarah had another another good one, just in terms of like something that's like quite simplistic, but just makes complete sense, and it's to pre-book or, or like book a, a food shop every week and actually sit and she was she was saying a bit of a change for us was wasn't necessarily having food delivered because we did that anyway but it was actually especially with as max got a little bit older it's sitting down and thinking about right what do we need and actually like one person kind of has that job of like going around the cupboards and just kind of double checking them right and then just making time for that rather than like Sunday evening rolls around and you're like, Oh, have we got a shop tomorrow? Or and then it, the worst case is like, we forget to book one in or it's just, Oh shit. Yeah. Quick. Or put a load of stuff in the app and kind of hope for the best. But that's, that's such a simple one, but it does, it's made like with Max, especially it's like, there's always something in, even if it's like a little pouch or whatever, or even if we've, we've always got eggs in, then you can always have an omelet, things like that. Just, yeah. And also, like off the back of that, when you do have like the three or four like foods that you're really confident with that like he or she will eat, make sure you've got them. <laughs> just just make sure there's a conveyor belt of them coming into the house because yeah, it just makes life a lot easier. Even if they're fish fingers and oven chips, but oh yeah, you know, the, the best, whatever, the best. whatever needs to be. And <laughs> um, I, I I feel like I've perhaps overlooked a real obvious. I don't know if it's a tip really, but a really obvious point around almost like remembering why you're doing this stuff as in like there's a there's i mean some people's goals will be purely aesthetics and therefore like that may not necessarily be so powerful but i think a lot of us certainly the 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 draw to fitness and doing healthful things is because we actually want to live kind of a healthful life we want to have a high quality of life and also a long life to help support our kids i think that's kind of feels like perhaps overlooked it a little bit but it's really important to I guess as almost from a motivation perspective, but a drive to do some of this stuff should come from a place of like, you want to be around playing with your kids in the garden when you're older, don't you? You want to kind of be looking after your grandkids and stuff when you're older. You don't want to be living such a poor quality that you can't do those things. And I guess they all, it's easy to forget that this stuff starts from now. Like you can't, you, you're going to find it difficult reaching a later age saying, oh, I'll start now. Well, actually it's kind of that point. It's, too, it's kind of almost too late to a certain extent. So I guess that, that motivation side feels like it's probably a big thing for people to reflect on i i think that's one of those ones that so i completely agree with that um that motivation because it does motivate me i think that's one that a lot of people say but don't act out if if i'm being honest no, like no, the, yeah, oh, i want to i want to be able to like play with my kids and stuff and you look at the yeah, you look at the health behaviours and they don't necessarily tally with what they're saying. And that's not like having a go at anyone. I just think that the 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 want is noble, but when it comes to the reality of putting those things in practice, I think I think that's where people struggle. And I and I would add to that and say something that I'm definitely more conscious of now because Max is obviously a lot more like perceptive now and he, I can feel him like watching me like when I'm cooking the dinner he's interested now like what's going on and I'm like oh yeah this is kind of this is going to be a thing like he's getting more inquisitive he wants to know like what's in the you know what's in the pan what's daddy looking at over there and he's been in the gym 
with me and Sarah, like when I've been training Sarah and okay, he's not like sat there critiquing a deadlift form, but he is looking around at like a bunch of people doing a bunch of crazy things and swinging on bars and pushing sleds up and down. And he's like, and I'm like, when I see people in the gym that bring their children, especially the little bit older and they're watching their parents, I've definitely said this before, cause, but because it, it sticks with me, you see that and you think, yeah, I'd quite like that for him. I think that's, I think it's important. I think it's the want versus the willing with everything you have to be willing to change um like whether you're embarking on um a fitness and health nutrition journey or whether you're trying to instill some healthy habits after you know um for because you want to live a long life but kids definitely give you more of a reason to want those it might be that you have to switch the focus you maybe have to sacrifice the the goal or the ultimate or the you know the pb on your 10k or the 120 kilo deadlift for maybe a couple of years but you can still train and you can still be willing to go to the gym for exactly the reasons that andy said like everyone wants to says that they want to oh i want to make a priority and it's that whole using the kids as an excuse thing i want to be fitter i want to be healthier i want to be here around for a long time for my kids i want to be able to play with them yeah but are you willing to make time you know it, it like you say when we say time it doesn't have to be a long time like andy i've seen you get your resistance sessions done they're literally done in 40 minutes like and yeah you're lucky you work in a gym yeah brett you're lucky you have a gym in your garage like but we know from lockdown there's plenty of stuff you can do from home with very minimal equipment um and it doesn't have to take up a long long part of your day so i think there have to there has to be a certain degree of willingness there um to set aside that time for sure i, I do i do think that this is a this is a, a consistent point that comes up within the industry and it's that maybe the the I don't know, like trainers with slightly like looser morals or or less ethics, try and make this stuff quite complicated and quite hard. And in reality, so if we're just talking about health now, especially and longevity, you don't need to be running sub three hour marathons or squatting 200 kilos. Like you, you don't need to do any of that stuff. You actually just need to do the basics forever. That's kind of the that's the kind of the uh, uh the plus and minus like yeah you don't have to work too hard you've got to do it forever though that's that's the thing and i think that i wouldn't take it as a given some people definitely but i wouldn't take it as a given that just because you when your child is born that won't necessarily give you that drive if it wasn't there before because you've got to want it for yourself so even if it does which is great like don't give me any any um any kind of impetus to get you training and get you uh, living a healthier life i think is a good thing it can be like a flashpoint like that obviously that's a massive thing having a child what happens when the child's 16 they think you're like the least cool person going they're not following what you do now well now you're back to grandkids aren't going to be for another you know 10 15 years what are you going to do in that period of time because you're not doing it for them at that point do you know what I mean? It's like if you have a really good point, mate. If you haven't got that kind of again, I say drive, and that sounds like I'm, you know, it's not about like being like the rock and getting up at like four in the morning and like going going nuts. It's just 
this is where coming back to like finding things you enjoy doing that you want to do for a long period of time um being mobile having a like a base level of strength a decent cardiovascular system you know if you're running park run on a regular basis you'll know you've got a gym membership you do some ability work like again your longevity wise you're going to be fine be absolutely fine and then you can maybe as the months go on you uh, you tweak it a little bit and you shift the focus for a few months to strength and then you shift it to flexibility or whatever and that's kind of you just kind of this ebbs and flows as time goes on as opposed to january's here right i'm gonna get after it for a month and then just falls away and i know that's a bit of a cliche but that is doesn't necessarily necessarily have to be january but there's a lot of people that come in with the best intentions and and the will to want to do it but when it comes down to putting that in practice like day in day out it's yeah if if you're not enjoying doing it it's going to be a hard one to stick to i think it comes down to excuse me the kind of if you're relying on almost like a reward as motivation to do stuff there's this big disconnect between action and reward in this in these endeavors like any any fitness endeavor any health endeavor because of the time taken to, to, to kind of achieve a reward in any of these things um there's a big disconnect and i guess that's why people if you're relying on that kind of reward that reward as your motivation you're going to struggle i guess that kind of aligns to those points that's where you really need to focus on like that what the action if you can get the action to motivate you which is the tips we've talked about find stuff you enjoy find stuff that you can be consistent with um you know don't strive for perfection all those types of things we've already talked about they focus on like almost the action as being the motivating factor rather than the reward because obviously you know if you're waiting to lose weight to be oh this is brilliant i'm going to keep doing this well just going to take a reasonable amount of time if you're waiting to build muscle um as a reward you wait a fucking hell of a lot of time <laughs> um or you know and if you're waiting to go to the point if you're waiting to be in that period where i can now play on my kids or my grandkids again this is such a disconnect of kind of rewarding you to do these behaviors as a from a motivational standpoint it, if you if if that is the thing then you're going to fail that's the problem that's that's i guess again this doesn't apply to just this scenario it applies to anything in anything really doesn't it but i think that's this disconnect is the problem yeah i think like building building in rewards as kind of part of the journey can be incredibly powerful and useful but it shouldn't be the end point um yeah i mean it's and I think I don't know if you guys have had it, but I've definitely had that with the especially the marathon like second time round. The training had been so laser focused. And I always describe training as like when you start and like um like losing weight is like this. You start off on a almost like a um like a four-lane motorway and you kind of you know you start dabbling a little bit, you're getting into it, and by the end of it you're you're on a tightrope and you know every session's dialed in recovery's dialed in you're taking your sleep seriously and then in my case you have race day do what you want to do and it's like amazing and there you really have to watch that the come down after that because whether it's like losing weight and like for the holiday or um, hitting a pb that you've been chasing down for months on end in the gym whatever it may be there is a come down like there has to be because you've given it that much stock and that much importance that's a good thing like you can't be like up here at a, a 10 all the time you all everyone regresses down if you're lucky you're kind of hovering around a seven most of the time punctuated by little by little high points um but yeah you've got to enjoy the process 
like you, you just have to doesn't have to mean doesn't mean you have to love every last rep but you have to either have a belief in what you're doing is is ultimately good you know keep that playing with the grandkids in mind but playing with the grandkids is just too far in the future it's it, you need something in the kind of in the here and now to really kind of to grasp hold of we've been on an hour and seven minutes and i said it'd be a long one i've really enjoyed this chat uh, so um, unless you've got any last minute tips that you want to throw out I think we'll Rambo. Oh, um, I don't know. I'm still in the practice stage, so you know, you guys carry on. <laughs> Sorry. <what? laughs> um, just, uh, just to be holistic, like remember your why, and like, no, actually, whether you're at the pre-contemplation stage of having children, contemplation, or you're pregnant, or you're just had kids, just start doing something. Like, don't wait. Do not wait. Do not put it off. Like there is never going to be a right time to start. But once you've had a kid, you've put a lot more. Um, you can find a lot more excuses. So, you know, start now because like everything you've just talked about, there's a very, very big delay gratification if that was your reason for training. So start now. I've got clients that have started in their 60s and even in a year they've made huge progresses um, and I genuinely think they've added years to their life. So um, fundamentally, when you do have kids, you don't want that to be suddenly your reason to live a long life and you've already 30 odd years into it. So start now. That would be mine. Good one, Rambo. Um I'll give you a couple. I'll give you one from Sarah's ruthlessly practical um, list. Convenience is key. You don't need to make your own meatballs, which I think we can all get behind. Um, that, that woman just has words of wisdom. She's <laughs> amazing. I'm sure. I'm sure uh, I've seen that on like some sort of meme page at some point. Yeah, pro- almost, sure. almost certainly, almost certainly. Um, and my one is again slightly more kind of overarching theme, I suppose, but. I love I love the quote comparison is the thief of joy and I think as a new parent especially you are flooded with it because everyone's kind of you're you're in like maybe like an NCT bubble or or hopefully you're you've got like a little support network of other mums and other parents and that's great and you definitely want that but people talk oh what's your kid doing how are they sleeping and then in the gym for me it's like oh well when I was when I had Jack, I was back in the gym within like two days kind of thing and this kind of thing. So you've got a you've got your own unique little human to look after and they may sleep. They may not. They may eat. They may not. So like do the best, um, do the best for yourself and your family. And as much as it's nice to look to other people and definitely like take take on board like tips and words of advice, hopefully that, you know, this podcast has provided plenty of that. But ultimately, like, trust yourself to make um, to make the right decisions. And, uh, yeah, don't beat yourself up if you're not. Um, yeah, if you're not hitting your perceived perfection, because um, everyone's kind of got their own journey with it. Brett? Yeah, I, I'll be honest, I was going to say almost what Andy said um, in the realms of make sure you have almost a bit of self-compassion as in a lot of the stuff we've talked about, and I'm a little bit like, you know, you've just got to do it. You do. There is none of that. But I think that also comes under the self-compassion label anyway, in that having self-compassion isn't an excuse not to do anything. So you do have to kind of get your ass in gear and do some of the stuff, you know, start something, do something, whatever it is. But 
in the same breath, and I guess this is kind of why I feel it lines a bit what you've just said, Andy, in that have some self-compassion and some empathy about your situation and understand that you can't do everything when you've got a child. Like you have to have some sacrifices where they will become priority, your family becomes priority, yourself will become priority, which might not necessarily include training and worrying too much about your nutrition. They might also, I guess I say, where, like I said, self-compassion isn't necessarily a case of like, oh, it just means I don't bother then, or I don't care. Absolutely it does. But it's picking the right moments where you can absolutely understand that I need a rest today, or I need to not worry about what I'm eating, and I just need to eat some cake, or I just need to eat whatever's there, or whatever. So, yeah, that was kind of kind of my bit. Have some compassion about your own situation, um, but just don't use it as an excuse. So. Well put, mate. Completely agree. Well put. Well put, thank you. Um, before we do go... Before we wrap this up, um, I'm going to ask a couple of non-topic related questions, as I like to do for most guests. Shoot. So, um, first one, bear in mind I've just eaten one, but not where you are. But what, where is your favourite burger place in Bishop Stortford? Now, Amy, be quiet. Let Andy have his own views. Thank you. Oh, um, I'm going to go with Buffalo Joe's. Mm, okay Brett you've got to come visit I've I, told you I will I will I've experienced Buffalo Joe wings but not burgers so yeah they're good they are good they are but they're, good. they're solid across the board I'd say for burgers or wings or both I still think the wings have got it like if I was going in there I'd go wings but the bur- the burgers won't they won't disappoint okay the wings were fab um, twice I've had them now both yeah. nice very good so yeah you know there's actually a bu- like buffalo joe's before was just a little shack in like the eat 17 restaurant before yeah, it was a little, little pop-up it's now got its own restaurant brett so like this is a big deal you have to come big deal yeah okay well that's a, it's a date i'm sure we can set this up i'll, th- I'll throw another one in there actually baggio burger that's good baggio, as well. yes mate that's gone now you know you're having a laugh no Yep. Oh, this that's, this podcast ended on a down note. That's, that's, that's I've, all, terrible. I've also had a Baggio burger from uh, Street Feast uh, outside the Gherkin in London. So, yeah. sorry, oh, all, all, my my memory, I think of that though, was quite small. I oh, think no, double up on the patty, mate. Double or triple. It was it was a lunch, so you know, <laughs> I was trying to be moderate. <laughs> um, if you were to choose a food to build a house out of, what food would you choose? You going first for this one, mate, or? I've done all this already. I'm, I'm no longer a guest on this podcast, mate. You're up. Do you know the, the the first thing that came to mind was, and it's not practical in in, in the slightest. The first thing that came to mind was pizza. I mean, it's going to be a pretty sorry state of a house, but I'm just thinking of the sheer amount of pizza that that would take, mm. and it just uh, brings you, you know, joy. That's making me happy. It's the first. Yeah. I was like, imagine a pizza house. That would be that'd be amazing. That, that, that's i think the um the the philosoph- philosophical side if i can say it of the question in that whether people think about structurally structurally, structurally perspective. integrity or yeah what I mean, like to eat a lot. We, yeah. we did we did have once someone say spaghetti and they meant wet spaghetti pre like cooked spaghetti not even dry which that's i thought craziness. i'm not sure how you would make a house out of that weird so it's a bit weird yes um what's the what's the weirdest thing you ever found in somebody's house I'll keep it on the um, the nutrition theme. Uh, chicken's foot. A chicken's foot. Chicken's foot. Is there a story behind the chicken's foot, or that you want to share? Yeah, it's when I was in it's when I was in Hong Kong, 
and my mate who I was visiting out there, uh, his now wife, um, got was a load he, of food. Was she eating? Got, it? It's, yeah. <laughs> got a load of food in, and I jokingly said, "Oh yeah, I'll um I'll go for you know like when you're making the order, I was like, yeah, I'll go for a, a chicken's foot." And yeah, she bought it, and I made a complete fool of myself as well because I wasn't quite sure how to eat it. Um, messy it was. It wasn't great, if I'm if I'm being honest. It I wasn't. Wish, yeah, I used to work in a Chinese shop when I was very young. Um, I remember watching some of the Chinese owners eat chicken chickens' feet. Um, yeah. Not saying oh, I nice. particularly thought it was. It looked very appetising, or that there was actually much to it. I mean, what's on a chicken's foot? It looked. Can't, it looked the yeah it looked kind of like you know like the um like the shredded uh, chili beef that you get it kind of looked like very knuckly <sighs> knuckly <laughs> enough <laughs> enough that's um, yeah. yeah that's it, quite the objective <laughs> it wasn't it, very very knuckly <laughs> oh okay classic uh okay last question that is the actually thinking about it now i'd build the um i'd build the house with chicken's feet it's <laughs> very pretty, very pretty tough yeah uh, pretty solid yeah well again structural integrity there yeah, it worked very well um would so um would you rather be attacked by a horse-sized duck or a thousand duck-sized horses i feel like i've been asked this question before um i think i might have asked it you mate i mean hold on what was it again a thousand a thousand a, a, a horse-sized duck one giant duck or loads of tiny little horses. Do you know what? I'd I'd take the the giant duck, right? And it's because um, Maxwell's favourite thing to do at the moment is like when we're doing bath time. I bring the duck in, and he's so sh- every time he's shocked by this, and he says, or he tries. To, I say, look, a duck, and he's like, a duck, a duck, and that's what he's. And I can't imagine the look on his face if a massive duck wandered in. <laughs> Imagine um, if you were riding it as well, mate. Like, no, I'd be using him as like a human shield. I was about to say, to I don't away. know if you've missed the premise of this question, is that it's quite a vicious duck and it's trying <laughs> to eat everybody. Duck. And you've essentially just admitted to the fact that you want to feed a duck, uh, feed your child to a duck. Right, hold on. Can I, do I have to fight the duck or can I run away from the duck? Do you think you could run from a horse-sized duck? 100%. He's 100%. pretty quick, right? Yeah, but I mean, I've fly. never seen a horse-sized duck run. To be fair, but oh god, you talk that too much. Come on, it was an instantaneous response question, and now no, we're I, I, I want, I fancy, I want to just give it a go against, um, yeah, it, against the giant duck. There, there, are, there are no right or wrong answers. However, you pick the no, right. No, I feel answers, like fine. I'm not going to go home and be like <laughs> lying in bed tonight thinking oh, I should have taken the bloody horses. <laughs> thinking. No, don't. That's the wrong answer. I can't, I can't imagine anyone thinks it's a good idea to have like a hundred. I mean. I know small, like ducks aren't massive, but <clears throat> very muscular little things. Like he's trying to kick like a hundred pit bulls. You couldn't do it. No, wouldn't would want to, it. to be fair. No, no, it wouldn't be very nice. Anyway. Um, well, leads me to say thank you, mate, for coming on. Much appreciated. I hope the listeners got uh, a lot of value and content out of it. I'm sure they did. I'm sure there's lots of uh, resonation from people. Certainly I know most things you've said, you think, yeah, I remember that bit and I remember that bit. Oh yeah, I remember that bit. Um, it's hard not to, really. I guess funny things these kids tend to send to tend to do the same sort of things don't they you have the same stories from people and they all the same sort of things that come out what what kids do so yeah i mean at the at the moment i talk i talk about you do find yourself talking about your children a lot and that's something else i didn't expect as well and now i'm on a podcast talking about children so that's just it's just how it how it goes but no man thanks very much for having me on 
um, absolute pleasure. And even if even if people haven't taken anything away, hopefully you'll take away that knuckly chicken's foot and a and a giant duck. So that's, can't be bad. That's that's basically the equivalent of our podcast content most weeks. To be honest, so that's absolutely <laughs> fine. <laughs> right thank you both uh and anyone listening please do the usual rate review subscribe etc etc buy some cheese all the usual stuff so um yeah on that note i'll feel the same nice to see you boys night night thank you for listening to the nnn podcast if you enjoyed the show please help us by rating on your podcast provider sharing with your networks so we can get our content out to more people see you next week 